seen these profound changes in movement and balance and force and stabilization in athletes to seniors, but then realizing that no one was taking that research and doing anything with it. So I saw it as my opportunity to take my passion and combine it with my understanding of this research, you know, seeing some of the discrepancies or deficiencies in that research that we could make it stronger. And then that really is what led into the evolution of Novoso, not realizing that we would have as profound as of, of an effect as we do. This episode is brought to you by Naboso Technology. Naboso Technology is a health and wellness company focused on developing products that restore function and improve movement through the stimulation of the nervous system and the science of touch. Their medical division has applications within neurorehabilitation, podiatry, orthopedics, sports medicine, and pediatric development. To learn more, visit them online at nabososechnology.com. That is N-A-B-O-S-O technology.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Prospecting Show. Today we have Dr. Emily Spleichel on the call. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. You're very welcome. So to kind of tell the listeners your background story, I know you've done a lot of different things and you and your husband are running around doing some awesome things in healthcare, but maybe give us the background of where you started um, leading up until where you're at right now. Absolutely. So I am a uh, podiatrist by trade. However, I consider myself more of a functional podiatrist, which means I take a very different approach than probably almost every podiatrist that the listeners are thinking of. Look at the whole body, integrated perspective of how we function from the ground up, how our feet integrate with our core function and stability. And then I take it even further by having a, a deep fascination for barefoot science, the nervous system, natural movement, and how we can access the nervous system through the skin in the bottom of the feet. So through that, I've shaped uh, my podiatry practice in New York City um, and how I see patients there. And I've written several books about barefoot science. One of my books is called Barefoot Strong. I have an education company for health and uh, wellness professionals about barefoot science and natural movement from the ground up. And then Naboso Technology, which is a uh, sensory material, is my latest venture. Wow. A few different things on the plate, right? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about, you know, you, you talk about being a functional podiatrist and some of the different um, maybe not skill sets, but different like passions that you have. I'm sure there's different skills there too, but where do you like to focus your time in the podiatry space? I know you have Naboso and, and you can talk a little bit about that, but you know, what do you think makes you different than some of the other podiatrists, either new school or old school, or just, you know, any other podiatrist that's out there? Yeah. So a lot of podiatrists are taught to look at foot function or foot dysfunction uh, movement from a biomechanical perspective, which obviously is an important aspect to human movement, but I like to take more of a sensory perspective. I feel that we need to honor and respect both the sensory function of the human body, as well as the biomechanical model of the human body. But at the end of the day, what what feeds motor output, what feeds the muscles that move the bones and the joints is the nervous system 
and the dictation of the nervous system is based off of sensory input. So let's say I have a patient coming in and they have, they're a runner that keeps getting stress fractures, let's say, uh, instead of me looking at it and just saying purely like, oh, they have an overpronated foot, which is causing, you know, knee valgus, et cetera, et cetera. I try to think of it from the sensory perspective of the timing of stabilization. So I would then instead think, okay, what is happening with this runner that there's this delay in stabilization? Is it the pronation? Maybe, but maybe it is the surfaces that they're running on. Maybe it's the cushion in their shoes. Maybe they have decreased sensitivity in the nerves in the bottom of the feet from chronic use of shoes or injuries or a history of an ankle sprain, whatever it is. And then how can I build in sensory optimization for that patient's movement pattern in conjunction with what I would do for overpronation and, and foot strengthening and hip strengthening. So I try to take a broad approach and through that, that deep appreciation of sensory, sensory meaning foot, but I also think of you know eyes and ears and skin and joints and the hands and how can we increase that input as much as possible for human optimization. And, and so do you find that a lot of your uh, thought process and treatment process is similar to chiropractic and physical therapy because they share a lot of those biomechanical kind of mindsets? Or do you find that what you're doing is even more niche than that and, and is very you know specific to podiatry stuff? Um, no, I would say it would, it would be more, you know, physical therapy, chiropractic. You know, honestly, when I look back at how I look at movement, I really should have been a physiatrist is, you know, kind of physical medicine is what fascinates me, meaning holistic, whole body, functional, physical movement or, or medicine. Um, but I would say compared to most other podiatrists, yes, I do look at the whole body. A lot of the professionals that I teach through EBFA is actually chiropractors and physical therapists. Very few podiatrists, unfortunately, don't know how to take the information that I teach them and apply it to their practice. Like they, they might get it, but then they're like, oh my gosh, how do I actually use this with a patient where you and probably a lot of the listeners are totally know how to integrate it right away. That if someone has plantar fasciitis, oh, it makes sense to totally talk about core strength and glute strength right away. It's seamless. For some reason, it's a disconnect in how we're originally taught podiatry from the school level. And so with the people that you educate and you, you have Naboso, like where did that start from? Like, how did you go from the educational component and your kind of slant on pain medicine and, and podiatry and kind of move into Naboso? How did that happen? Yes. Yeah, so as I had mentioned, I have a big fascination for sensory neuroscience movement, barefoot science. Uh, my education through EBFA is actually called the Barefoot Training Specialist Certification. So obviously... I love bare feet and I'm fascinated with bare feet from a, a neuroscience perspective that I started looking at footwear, insoles and surfaces. So those three kind of categories and this foot ground interface through my, my practice and just my education. I did consulting for some top companies for Nike's Innovation Kitchen, uh, Vibron, Vivo Barefoot, many orthotic companies and saw where some of the footwear innovation kind of mind goes, realizing that there's still not a deep appreciation for the sensory side. Even in with this natural footwear, they're seeing maybe like the tip of the iceberg. 
so then I started looking some of the research of more so what could we do with footwear surfaces insoles and I started running into textured insole research where there's dozens of, of research articles on PubMed they're on our on our Nabosa website and seeing these profound changes in movement and balance and force and stabilization in athletes to seniors but then realizing that no one was taking that research and doing anything with it so I saw it as my opportunity to take my passion and combine it with my understanding of this research, you know, seeing some of the discrepancies or deficiencies in that research that we could make it stronger. And then that really is what led into the evolution of Navoso, not realizing that we would have as profound as of, of an effect as we do. You know, originally I thought I would create like an exercise mat, like a barefoot training mat for people who love to lift weights barefoot or do Pilates and yoga barefoot. And then people started asking for the insoles that became a product that we launched. And then we started getting videos of people who could barely walk and now they can walk again or people who haven't run in 15 years and now they're running and the conversation I hear with our customers that it's is now kind of opened a whole nother avenue of application that I did not know that that was the impact. So now we're knee deep into, into Nabosa with this. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. You kind of talk about how you guys aren't necessarily an orthotic company. You are almost a materials company. And when did you really realize that you were a materials group where you had that fascination with materials? Like how did you transition away from saying, okay, we're in this one product and we're really deep in this, but we're actually a broad kind of solutions company. You're looking at the research and the technology around specific materials. Yeah. So in the beginning, so one thing that I did learn and what I recommend to all of the listeners is that if you're launching a company or you're launching a practice or you're coming up with a company name or whatever it is, think of it always in the broadest way possible, even if you don't think that it is able, you're, it's hard to perceive that, that you don't want to put a ceiling over your head. If I kind of pigeonhole ourselves into, no, we do mats and we do the insoles and then that's it versus just like let me be open to what could potentially do, knowing that we manufacture the material that all of our products are, are coming out of. So we would do different trade shows and see how people would respond to the material. And then we started running into other products companies. Some of the companies that license our materials are like zero shoes, will license it and put it on their sandal. So now we started seeing broader application well, I don't, I don't want to go into the footwear industry. That's just a whole animal of inventory and sizes and all of that stuff that I don't want to get into. However, if we do work really well, being on a shoe, why don't we just partner with a company like that? Or we have a license agreement with Trueform Runner, which is a non-motorized treadmill. Perfect. I don't want to be in the treadmill industry, but if our material on the slats of the treadmill can be used for gait training post-stroke. Perfect. That matches our same mission. Um, so I think it started seeing the creativity of other users looking at our product and then their wheels turning and then being open to what the universe kind of puts towards us. 
And so do you think that you've had a different experience because you guys are now going down this pathway of like channel partnerships and partnering with these other companies, whereas a lot of people have this direct to consumer or direct to provider or business to business play, you guys almost have a development or a system that could be plugged into many different products. Like you said, uh, uh, the actual belt on a treadmill, like you'd be working with those companies to be able to sell that product to maybe a, a chiropractor or a gate specialist in PT. Do you find those relationships have uh, been easier for you, more difficult? Like talk a little bit about that maybe. Yes. So what's interesting is that all of the licensed agreements or collaborations that we are in, where we have four products that are on the market and then another four that are in the developmental phase, they have actually reached out to us. So one, we didn't have to kind of like fish and sell them on the product. They understood the material right away. They understood how it complemented the mission of their product. So they already saw it synergistic. And then yes, from a business model perspective, one, we want to make money, honestly, <laughs> but two, being a doctor, I will always go back to, you know, like I'm trying to help people. My mission or purpose is to make an impact on the industry of neural rehab and sensory science versus just let me make a product, make a quick buck. Yeah, I'll help people along the way, but, and then kind of you know, get out when I can. That's not, that's not why I developed the material in the first place. And it's now we're at the stage that we have to convince or find investors and advisors that really match and get that larger impact of what we could do, because it's not just a straight direct to consumer product. It's not just a quote unquote, like a yoga mat or, you know, as seen on TV product because I feel like that doesn't give it enough respect where there is a lot of research and science in it. It's a very simple product, but there's a lot of science that goes into what we're doing with our material. And with the material, as you guys are developing it, do you have a different approach now because you're not forced into one particular product and that you have these opportunities to use the material in different spaces? Like, how do you go about trying to improve it or change it or make add-ons or, or whatever it is you, you do to improve the product long-term? Yeah, so, I mean, we have an amazing factory with an amazing engineer that's in-house at our factory, and they have a deep fascination for our product. They actually work with several other products in kind of like the SMR category and fascial category, and, you know, they've, they've picked up a, a unique interest in our product. So some of the other stuff that we're thinking of and playing with a little bit is could we potentially add like a grounding element? So you know how some products have like copper or silver and they have a negative ion kind of a grounding characteristic to them. They're also antimicrobial. So we've been playing around a little bit with that to see if we could add certain properties to our material and to our insoles to then provide even greater health benefits. And what do you think your vision is at the highest level now that you have the material and you've you figured out, you know, some, some benefits around it? What do you hope to do with it? Like, what is the end goal? To have it be like the next Velcro is not the best example, but like a Velcro or like Vibram, Vibram outsole, where Vibram is, people think of it as the five finger shoe, but Vibram is actually an outsole manufacturing company that's where most of the revenue comes from 
or if some some people are familiar with other orthotic materials such as plastizote. Plastizote is a material that is FDA approved for diabetic neuropathy. So think kind of material science, the applications are very broad. Um, you know, we're very clear, my husband and I, that we are growing the company for a strategic acquisition by say a 3M or Procter Gamble, Johnson Johnson companies that can take, uh, take the material and make an impact far beyond what I would ever imagine because they have the workforce and the money to really do it. Got it. And so these companies that would come to you as an example and say they have another product, why are they typically interested in using your material? What is it about your material that sparks their interest typically? Uh, really the neuroscience side of it. So let's say if we work with, you know, we work with power plate. So we actually manufacture mats that are customized to all of their plates. And if they are vibration, whole body vibration, which is a proprioceptive stimulus, it makes sense to then say, why don't we add in another sensory input through the skin and the bottom of the feet? So when someone is standing on it, we're kind of killing two birds with one stone. It's, it's a synergistic uh, relationship that we could just upgrade the existing product. Um, shoes make sense, obviously, because we're stimulating the feet and we're an insole, why not build it into it? The treadmill makes sense if we're trying to get even more sensory input. And then some of the other products are very uh, balance focused. So if the goal is to enhance balance or neurostimulation anyway, imagine if you added a layer of material onto the product that made the job of your existing product much more effective. Yeah, and that's nice too, because it's kind of retroactively, you're able to add this product on. I think there's probably a lot of products like the treadmill, they don't have to reconfigure the whole treadmill. They just need to add your product to their product. Is that correct? Exactly. So you think of, we just launched a partnership with um, Fitter First, which is wobble boards. And they're one of the largest wobble board or balance board manufacturers in the world. And to me, that makes sense, right? That I, I tell people, if you're going to do you know, rehab or balance exercises on a wobble board, which is a large nerve proprioceptive rehab tool, why not do it barefoot? And then imagine you're getting stimulus of the feed while strengthening the perineal reaction time. But oh my gosh, let's take it one step further. If you're barefoot on the wobble board, instead of it being smooth wood, why not have the textured, the Naboso textured material on top? And now you get even more out of your feet. To me, it's just same, same product, streamline it or upgrade it just to, you know, to the next level with a very simple application of a product or of, of a material that gets even more out of the nervous system. So you're 100% correct. The integration of Naboso is usually very kind of streamlined and seamless because most of these products already exist. And what would be an example of a product that you would hope to have Naboso in the future? And, and maybe, you know, you're already talking to some of these companies, but where do you see some other use cases that aren't currently existing as a partnership? One that I would love is either a paddleboard or a surfboard. So that would be more on the performance side. And the reason for that is our material, when it gets wet, does not get slippery. Sometimes when you're on our material and you sweat, 
it's a little bit different because sweat has oil in it, but water thinking like ocean water or you're in a pool, it doesn't get slippery, which is great. Um, and we played around a little bit on some surfboards and uh, paddle boards. When you look at actual like paddleboard competitions or even surfing, there's not a lot that you can modify on the external of the board, similar to footwear, that all of this innovation goes into like the exterior and the shape and the streamline of the shoe or the board. But people aren't thinking of the interface between the foot and that actual product. So that, that's one that I would love. And then the second is that we're working with a lot of Pilates companies or Pilates professionals that we started launching uh, jump board material that people can add onto the Pilates jump board. We've also manufactured a foot bar wrapping with the material and then our standing mat goes onto the carriage. It's, it's a completely synergistic relationship between the sophistication of Pilates and what we're doing from a neuroscience perspective that to me that that integration is just like a no-brainer but that's one that I would love to see either we streamline it ourselves or it's picked up by one of the major um, companies such as Stott or Balanced Body etc. And as time kind of progresses here and you start having more and more of these partnership opportunities, do you think your product ultimately will be more of a business to business product where you're selling into a gym or into a chiropractic or PT or podiatry office? Or do you see this being more of a mainstream consumer based product that you would have the Naboso technology added to? Yes. So we have actually changed our business model to be B2B versus just D2C. When we first came out, obviously it was direct to consumer because sales on our website. We have launched a retail division. We are now in 14 retailers and my husband oversees um, the sales division, spearheading that retail side of things. That the product is always end user, but our business model is more, can we sell to the retailer, to the reseller, to all of the professionals who are listening? We have a wholesale program for it to be available by the chiropractor, by the physical therapist, by the medical professional, that they can then resell it to their patient is much more the approach that we want from a business model. Yeah, and that makes sense too. I mean, a lot of the companies that we've consulted with in the past or that we've worked with or done outreach for have had that difficulty of transitioning from a, like you said, a direct-to-consumer or a business-to-consumer type model and going to that B2B play. And I think the interesting uh, transition that happens there is a lot of people forget that everybody along the way needs to be paid for their product or service that they're offering. And with what you guys have, I think the thing that's really interesting about it is there are so many partnership opportunities that it doesn't necessarily have to be Naboso selling to a distributor, selling to a chiropractor, selling to a patient, but instead could really have these opportunities where you go to a Pilates uh, manufacturer, a Wobba board manufacturer, a treadmill manufacturer, and that really ultimately becomes a direct consumer play, but you guys have a distribution channel in that, in that kind of realm. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, as you had said in the beginning, that's why I like to see our company as a material company that has endless opportunities to optimize the sensory stimulation in patients, clients, athletes, regardless of the product that we use or that they're using, as long as our materials integrated into it. Yeah. And that, and that's perfect. So just to, to kind of, you know, we talked about a bunch of different things, you know, how would people 
reach out to you if they're interested, if they're a consumer and they're interested in looking at the Naboso um, products to get themselves, or if there may be a chiropractor, physical therapist, podiatrist, something like that, that are looking to uh, take the orthotic specific product or the mat specific products and bring them into their clinic. How would people find you? Absolutely. So our website is Naboso, N-A-B-O-S-O technology.com. And through there, you can find information on all of our consumer products, our insoles, our mats. And we also have a flooring system where people can um, set up their offices with kind of a barefoot training or a sensory area with the flooring. Um, And then through that, you can reach out to us on any interest for wholesale options. We have an affiliate program. From our affiliate program, we give discount or uh, savings to the network of the provider. And then the provider obviously gets uh, 10% of sales as well. We are also on all of the social platforms. You can reach out to us there. You can follow any of the work that I do. And we try to support all of our resellers and retailers and collaborators by doing shows together, um, doing in-services and different practices. When we kick off a new store, my husband goes and we do an actual event for the public. So we're, we're very much involved in the collaborative education that is required for the understanding of our product benefits. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for telling us a little bit today about Naboso and some of the technology that you guys have and the use cases. I hope that the listeners found it interesting. I know it's a little short segment here, but short and sweet is always better. Um, Anybody who has questions can reach out to those social platforms at the end, and we hope we get great feedback from the listeners. Thank you so much.